super strapped in and strapped on. Honestly, like all oral was very confusing to me. I'm satisfied personally. I blew him. Did you get off? <laughs> what is a female orgasm? I don't know, man. Like all of it is weird. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the pilot episode of Sexistentialist. I am your host, or host, um, as my partner likes to say, emphasis on the ho. Um, and my name is Em, and I'm here today with one of my longtime friends, Claire. Hey y'all. Hey Claire. Um, so we go way back, I would say. I would say way back is is accurate. It's been... 10 plus years. Yeah. And my favorite part about that is that we weren't friends until, um, or I I didn't think we were friends until like halfway through that because you were um, friends with people who were cooler than me, which is okay. I was friends with people who were bitchy, so. (laughs) So you've upgraded. That's true. (laughs) Yes, I've upgraded for sure. Thank you. I'm touched. Um. Well, I want to thank you for joining me um, on this adventure. Of course, Um, it's an honor. I knew, yeah. Um, I hope you're strapped in and strapped on. That's a good catchphrase. I I, I didn't know if that was the. I didn't know if that was the vibe. Um, Maybe another time. You know, we'll get into that eventually. Eventually. Um, Yeah. So uh, before we before we get into today's topic, I want to hear. A, a beloved story from the Claire Sex uh, Encyclopedia. Um, and I know that you've got a good one brewing, which involves like potentially a severe uh, injury. If you wanna if you wanna walk if you wanna walk us through that. Was it a, a sure. cold yeah, and dark and stormy Tuesday evening? Mm, beautiful. Um yeah, so I uh, I uh, I just thought it would be great to introduce myself with a somewhat embarrassing story about my partner. Um, Hello. So, that. yeah. So uh, Em and I used to share an apartment and um, different rooms, <laughs> but but we used to share an apartment. And in that sacred apartment, um, that was the time that I started, you know getting it on with who is now my lovely partner your life life um, partner yes we are on this beautiful life journey together (laughs) and this was toward the beginning of that and um at the time we were having sex a lot and we didn't know each other that well and um and there was a particular day where uh we were having sex and like you know, we kind of rolled over and all of a sudden he's lying there like screaming in pain saying, pull my arm, pull my arm. <laughs> and I had, I mean, like we're butt ass naked in my, wait, you know, can you, can you explain to me apartment? What are some of the, what are some of the logistics here? Or will you, will you get into that? Like how? when you rolled over like with like such a great force that something like horribly no wrong I mean ha- I mean like this man is delicate and this is something <laughs> that I did not know before but like 
when I tell you I don't really know what happened, it's like we rolled over in a way that's like completely normal. Like we were not having like freaky kinky like this was just like a from one vanilla position to another vanilla po- like it was not not to okay. shit on our sex life by any means, but like this was <laughs> such a normal thing. Mhm. Like I don't even really remember exactly what it was because it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't anything weird. No acrobatics. No, oh god, no. Um, <laughs> too tired for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I we hadn't been seeing each other for that long, so I didn't know that he had this like um, shoulder issue. Now I know that it's like <laughs> something that comes up more often. I've had to pop his shoulder back into place on multiple occasions by this point. <laughs> but this was the first time, and it was when we were like mid coitus with like juices flowing you know <laughs> and uh he's like you know get up and pull my arm and now I and now I know the routine but at the time I was like what are you talking about what do you mean and he's like writhing <laughs> so I was able to help him pop his shoulder back into place and if anyone has done that before like you know someone who's dislo- dislocated their shoulder and you have to yank it back into the place, it requires a lot of force. So I'm, like, yanking really hard in a way that honestly was probably hurting him. It just hurts less <laughs> to have your shoulder back in place. And um, finally we get it back in, and he's like, oh, God, thank you. And it's still really sore afterwards, you know. But at the time we were, like, so into each other, having sex all the time, and you know just that like honeymoon phase situation and um he just looks at me he's like literally still hard and he's like (laughs) do you want to keep going (laughs) and I think the only way that this anecdote is in any way about me instead of just an embarrassing story that I'm telling about my partner is that I was like yeah obviously (laughs) well I think go (laughs) I think it must say something about like your quality as a partner and that he just kept it up the whole time that you were yanking his other appendage but isn't that something about adrenaline like people with penises out there let us know like when you are in fight or flight mode (laughs) do you you get hard hard? isn't that like a joke isn't that like a thing where when guys fight they like get riled up never ever heard that I think it's just like impurity or something, but I remember that being a joke. Okay, so at some point in my life, in puberty, but you're grown ass man. <laughs> this is just he got he got a fight or flight boner while you were <laughs> clicking his arm back into place. I mean, I'm I'm just that good. I'm even hot <laughs> when I'm hurting you. Mm, that would be my tagline. <laughs> that's a fun one. Yeah, that's something we should dig uh, deeper into, but um. Whenever I think about your pain sex story, and by that I mean like <laughs> like the ones that in hindsight you can laugh about, I think about um, a time, a, a moment really that you and I shared um, where where I was um, across a dorm room hall at a in a certain uh, frat boy's bedroom and my vagina broke mm, mm-hmm. 
Do you oh, remember yes, this? I remember this distinctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to share that story because it's, um, I think, like a, a classic story for me. Like this would happen to me, especially like in this time of my life. I agree with you. And I'm so upset that that's the case. <laughs> that this um, is a classic you story. Like It's unfortunate. I, I agree, though. Unfortunately. But it, yeah. Uh, I had just been dumped by my boyfriend of almost three years, and I was like pretty devastated about it. Even though, totally a good move. Um, yeah, right. And at that age, like three years is a really long time. Yeah, we dated like in high school. We were high school sweethearts, and like I was really torn up about it for like a long time after. Um, but totally a good also call. Can vouch. Yeah. And so the only reasonable way for me to respond to that breakup was, like, to hook up with one of his, like, really close friends, right? Right. Um, slash, like... And, the- not, <laughs> and not the one you're thinking of, if you know. <laughs> yeah, not, not... It wasn't only one. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. I did, I hit it all. Um, but the, the, the first one, the one that didn't stick... Um, Truly. And I'll say first and foremost... Even even if the sex hadn't been so atrocious, the vape flavor of his like his just his his essence, like bod <laughs> room smell, like chapstick, everything was like fruity vape juice flavored, and it was too much for me. Yes, no, um, I I am very aware of how like the vape mm-hmm. scent that somebody uses like sticks on like their mouth when you kiss them on their Mm -hmm. clothes like their breath smells like it and it doesn't have to be a bad thing but if you have bad memories associated with it yeah well it was also pungent and like I have consist I had already and continued to consistently date people who smoked or vaped so like clearly not an issue but with this gentleman it certainly was it was it was fruity I think it was just too fruity for me personally but she likes a musky. A musky or minty. Um, Ooh, minty would be nice. <laughs> like a menthol situation. But anyway, so obviously one thing leads to another. And I remember being very impressed because he went down on me as like first step of foreplay. And I was like, oh my God, so weird that a man just did that like before I've even touched his penis. When the bar is that low. It was so And it wasn't low. even good, right? Oh, it was not good. But it was like, wow, you care about getting me off at all. That's amazing. Even though you're not going to. Yeah, no. Um, And I, I'd had sex with two other people. So, and both of whom I was like very, at the time, infatuated with and or like thought I was in love with. So it was like very easy and comfortable, even like at a weird, awkward teenager age to be like, relatively comfortable with like having sex and this was like new territory for me and I was like trying out casual sex for the first time at the age of 19 and I didn't go so hot well yeah so like I pretty quickly was like oh let's fuck even though like I wasn't even really physically in the mood I was like yeah yeah yeah, let's do it but I would say three minutes in we've we've swapped positions once already which seems like it was a pretty quick shift and, and then his in the- arm popped out of socket. <laughs> his arm popped out of socket. Um, he stops, 
doing anything and then goes you're bleeding and I was like excuse me those two words every girl (laughs) wants to hear not (laughs) yeah I was like oh I'm just like so wet and it's like no um you're bleeding and I was like oh good um luckily luckily at that point I wasn't like oh yeah fuck it keep going I was like what because I wasn't on my period I wasn't supposed to be on my period like it was it was a problem and he was like do you want to go to health services like the (laughs) on-campus clinic and he was like I'll walk you there and I was like we're not going to health services so I like just go to the bathroom and I'm like looking at this horrifying mess and like I think it was a friction burn like I don't know what else I don't know what else it could be. Like it was man made you so dry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally you so dry after eating you out. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, astounding. Like it's impressive to have that little skill. It was it was the first time I had used a condom in like a while because I'd been monogamous, oh, and so. Okay. I think it was still a lubed condom, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it was a lubed no, condom. No, but condoms make, make you dry. Yeah. Like, there's something... Ab- I, I totally experienced that, too. Like, with condoms, like, I needed to use lube, basically. I mean, it was, like, not a good situation. And without yeah. condoms, like, typically do not. So... Yeah. I totally think that, like, that's a thing. Um. I think like I think the most iconic part of this story in terms of my personality is that um I blew him. <laughs> <laughs> I blew him because I was because you're like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Let me uh, yeah. do something for you. I was like, "There's no way I'm walking out of here with this man telling everyone we know that oh my god. I was bad in bed." Oh my god. So put- when he's bad in bed. <laughs> Wait, and are you going to say, do you remember what he asked you? Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you remembered it as well. Of course I remember he, this. This is fucking absurd. He, let's preface this by saying that the first two partners I'd had were like well endowed for teenagers, especially, but just like also in general. And this was. Very creepy thing to say. I, well, yeah. I mean, sorry. Well endowed yeah. for teenagers. <laughs> Let me amend that. <laughs> The two partners. We were teenagers too. We were teenagers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two partners I'd had were fully grown (laughs) adult. (laughs) But they were like 18 or 19, right? Like, I don't want to call that like old. (laughs) I was also 18, 19. The point is, this man was not well endowed. I mean, he wasn't, it was fine. It was just fine. It was normal. It was normal. It was nothing to be like, oh, wow. Yeah, I wasn't going to write home about it. I will add that, like, it was normal minus girth a little bit. So, like, even that's, like, a safe bet, really. But before I I blew him, he goes, am I too big? Like, am I the biggest person you've ever been with? And I, (laughs) do you remember what I said? (laughs) I, I think you told me you laughed. Yeah, I, I literally laughed and then I said, trust me, that's not the problem. I mean, amazing. Iconic. But then Had I blew him. So. Had to be said. It's like he was so bad. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, tell me how great my dick is. And you're like, bitch, are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. I just, anyway. The audacity sometimes. I just. 
he was looking for a compliment out of that and like you know what we all need validation but that was not the fucking moment absolutely not um, so I remember that you called me or texted me but I think you called me because you really sounded I, I just remember thinking like you know she's really upset and really needs me and I you didn't tell me what happened exactly you're just like hey can you come back to the room because you were just kind of freaking out like I don't remember this at all well I think you were concerned like about your health oh like because it was so confusing like why am I bleeding I'm not on my period um like is there something wrong you know yeah um and lol like you took the time to blow him and then <laughs> like while freaking out about your literal like sexual health but I remember that that you like you you wanted me to come back to the room I I came back and we talked about it and I think you talking with us and one of the other people we lived with you were like okay yeah it probably is like a friction burn because you weren't like lubricated enough mm-hmm. and that sort of made the most sense to us and we sort of talked through like any other concerns you may have had and ruled them out mm-hmm. I don't know like did you end up going to some type of clinic after that I- um no I never went to a clinic and it was fine like I was sore maybe for a day or so after um but what I think is really interesting at least like in my own like self-analysis of like that situation and and certainly some other situations that you've been in is that I feel like there's still this like societal impact on I guess surrounding like the pressures of performing a certain way sexually as a woman or like meeting a certain ideal and I think it's it's interesting because you and I both grew up in progressive sex positive households yeah I think in completely different ways, right? But I don't know, like we can, I want to hear a little bit about kind of what that looks like for you leading into how we met, which is sex ed related. Um, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious about it. Of course, I love your parents dearly. I love your whole family. Yes. But I guess it's, it's hard for me to imagine them, you know, popping a squat and being like, all right, Claire, let's, let's whip it out and talk about it. Yeah, no, I I actually think it's really, I, I'm glad you bring that up. Um, yeah, so we met in a uh, a religious-related <laughs> sex ed program. For me, like, my family was really, really involved in our religious congregation, and my mom was, like, you know, part of the religious education coordination and so like to her um it was a given that me and my older brother thank god not in the same cohorts (laughs) been (laughs) horrible but for both of us like it was just an expectation and a given that we were going to go through every age group cohort of this program because like she was involved in the religious education mm-hmm. we always went to everything it just wasn't even a question and thankfully like I was really into the youth groups and stuff so um it wasn't a battle but I did feel like okay I am like I have so much more sex ed than anybody else I know like I felt like I am being taught <laughs> the same shit and some like kind of corny dorky shit 
like a lot yeah yeah yeah. like okay yeah I get it like we're using condoms cool (laughs) you know and and that's not all the program was like I think the program has a lot more to offer than that but Mm -hmm. um I just remembered feeling like okay yeah I'll do yeah. this again. And the, honestly, I mean, I did the one for older high schoolers, and it was basically the same program as the one for 7th, 8th, and ninth graders, which I had already done. But I imagine it's kind of for people who, like, didn't take that. Mm. But because I was in the family I was in, I took both of them. And I think I was literally the only person um, <laughs> who so, did all of them. Who did, like, like every I did single the, one the early childhood I did the but like you were saying like my parent like I don't talk about sex with my parents yeah I I talk about like sexual health like my parents know that like you know whenever I've gotten birth control or like my IUD um like my mom knows that I had like a STI and like I talked to her about that because it has to do with like health and we talked about it in a way that was like like, she didn't ask me what I was up to or, like, my behaviors. Right. Um, or, like, who I was with or anything like that. Like, we never talked about anything like that. Um, so after after the sex ed classes, which I think were, like, biweekly on Sundays after church or something, like, did they not follow up with you at all or say like oh how was class today like did you learn something new about like was there just no because it was so assumed and like normalized was there just no conversation about it you know I don't remember any conversation about it so if there was it must not have been like awkward or else I feel like I would remember it (laughs) um I mean I do think my mom probably asked me like how was it like did you like it um or like you know are you enjoying your instructors or whatever but I kind of think like the impression that I've gotten from my parents and I think especially my mom is that she wanted me to be as thoroughly educated as possible which is why she you know like had us do all of this stuff but she didn't want us to feel like we um needed to have that sort of like awkward dynamic like I think she wanted us to have other adults to turn to Mm -hmm. and other adults to learn from and you know maybe it would have been awkward for her and that's why or maybe she just like knew that it was going to be weird for it to be a thing for us to talk about and so she's just like here let me make sure that you have all of these other resources um and I don't feel like I couldn't talk to her about this stuff. I just, you know, you're a teenager and you're like, yeah, ew, gross, stop. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, obviously my mother is the most sexually open you can be without being a sex educator. As in, like, she'll just talk about her sex experiences. Like, they're, well, I guess, like, they're normal, which is probably, like, how everyone should do it. Um or we should yeah, encourage no, people I, to do it. But I definitely admire that about her. Yeah. But um even even with her, it was awkward for me when I was like exploring my own sexuality. Um it was But weird. I do think you were more open about it than most people are. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean like I remember 
I don't know if you um, had this like concern that I had, but like I remember leaving the sex ed class one day and getting home and my mom had asked me like how it was or something. And I was like, it's going really well. It's super interesting. But there's one question I have that I don't want to ask because it's like the one question it seems as if they're assuming everyone knows and understands and so I don't want to ask it and I I basically said like I understand the idea of an orgasm for men right like something happens it's pleasurable and then there's an ejaculation like I got that scientifically it makes sense to me what is it what is a female orgasm like what is it what how does it work where yeah because in my mind like I don't know. I mean, I I grew up in like this 90s, early 2000s. I mean, we both did, but like I was completely inundated with 90s, early 2000s rom-coms, right? So I'd seen, I had such an early concept of sex, like at a very young age because my parents both were very into movies. I watched a lot of R-rated movies at a young age. I knew exactly like I had very vivid mental images of sex, right? But like didn't understand where the pleasure was coming from, right? Or like what about it felt good? I just thought it felt good inherently, which like obviously with the right partner in the right situation, it does. But for me, I was like, okay, well, that's just that's just it though. And then eventually like, the guy ejaculates and that's like the part that leads to reproduction, but I, I had to ask my mom. I was like, how does, what, what is an orgasm? So in- had you been like masturbating and stuff before that? Because I, I think the reason why that wasn't an issue for me, if I try to like piece the timeline together, is that like I had already like experienced one. Like I was like, oh, okay, got it. Like yeah. I had, you know, watched porn or whatever and like figured out um I I like I don't get me wrong I don't think that most porn is an accurate depiction of how women orgasm or like how vaginas orgasm but like um you know I had I I think I actually started doing that type of thing like pretty early yeah um so I knew what it meant for me I do think that like I also saw the way that sex was depicted in movies and where it's like, you know, you're in your lacy underwear and mm-hmm. then you're under the sheets and mm-hmm. then the guy sort of like collapses on top of you. And yeah. I do think that some sex could be like that, but like yeah. I knew that that's not what like getting off was for me. Like I think I always knew like, oh, like that's something that I hadn't experienced yet but that's not like what an orgasm is and I do think that the course that we went through did a pretty good job at being like you know female pleasure is important Mm -hmm. and um like is under addressed and you know we need to make sure that we're thinking about like everybody being enthusiastically into what's going on and making sure that you have that enthusiastic consent and stuff and um yeah I mean that's the thing is like it everything around that was super clear for me I I had masturbated but I hadn't had an orgasm at the time that we were in the class and so like I I had explored I mean essentially like I think what 
to get nitty gritty with it is I kept trying to like finger bang myself to completion and just like did no interaction with my like external genitalia at all I mean, to this day there's literally no way I could make my yeah <laughs> yeah exactly no me neither like assistance toy no it and so I was just exhausting myself and th- this is the problem is I was like watching movies not porn I was terrified of porn until I was like 14 or 15 and that like I was just scared I was going to get a computer virus or like the government was going to know I was watching it. I was not yeah. scared of watching people have sex. I was just just scared real. about like people Absolutely. knowing. I remember, I remember that too. But so I was just watching movie sex scenes, which is like says something about my personality and my sexuality, surely to this day. Um, but yeah, so I was just like finger banging myself, waiting for something to happen. Nothing would. And so I was like riled up and then not ever getting off. So I was like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Um, and it, it took me a while to sort my shit out. So that was the thing is I was like, okay, yeah, stuff feels good. I get it. But like this like idea of finishing or like this satisfaction like I'm not getting that in my own experience and no one has explained to me what it's like so someone's gotta fucking tell me and my mom bless her um like drew a diagram of like a man and woman having sex and like it was it was pretty good I feel like it, it probably influenced me as a person who is in missionary a lot um but like it was interesting so she drew people in missionary in missionary and like the woman's legs were up like pretty high like wrapped around the man and so she that's how she was describing like clitoral stimulation in missionary to me which is like brilliant not that it not that it's like the position for that but like the fact that that's even that 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 was even on her mind realistic expectations but yeah so that's and she was like well it's like 10 to 15 seconds and it kind of feels like tingly all over and I remember at the time being like 10 to 15 seconds like that's not long enough surely (laughs) and I'm like and guys are all jealous they're like I get two yeah 10 to 15 seconds is plenty in my personal opinion not that anyone asked (laughs) yeah nobody asked actually thanks yeah (laughs) Um, no, but I think that's awesome that yeah. she, I have to assume that she was, you know, receptive to that question. And I think that that's like a very common question because I do think growing up in a sex positive household as both of us did, but for me, like, um, and probably for both of us, but I do think that like I started sort of like exploring in my own way pretty early and that like most people probably weren't doing that at that point and that that probably wasn't a question that you were like alone and wondering and also isn't that so symbolic of like what it's like to be a girl or a woman where it's like okay there's this thing that you know is difficult for you and nobody's gonna explain it to you and you need to just sort of figure it out yeah yeah no I think like I don't know I mean again I think the sex ed course that we were in did a really good job of answering so many questions and and normalizing like 
a wide variety of relationships. Like I just want to establish to people who don't know what we're talking about that this like religious quote unquote sex ed program is like more social justice than it is religion in this context where like they were talking to us about lesbian sex, about gay sex, about sex between skinny people, sex between fat people, interracial sex, and not to fetishize or other any kind of sex. I mean, sex between cis people, trans people, it, it just, they they really strived to cover all of the bases, which is why I think Claire and I were able to go into high school and college being just like open-minded um, in our own experiences and in talking to our friends about their experiences, which are, are fairly varied. And so, um, like, shout out to Bill and Barb for teaching <laughs> us that. I'm going to give them a shout out if they ever hear this. I want Shouts them to know. Shout out to Bill and Barb for and there was, a real one. <laughs> there was another woman whose name I don't remember, but I remember Barb in her super tall sketchers. And I remember Bill played the clarinet or maybe it was the oboe. Either way, like, I respect guys, it. These are the cringiest middle <laughs> age to old people like we're talking about how oh yeah you know it's awkward to talk to your mom about sex like it's not not awkward to talk to these people about sex <laughs> these are like you know members of your church congregation who are 70 years old mm-hmm. you know it's like I mean, but also these are people who it you know like youth uh sexual education is important Mm -hmm. to them and they I mean they wouldn't talk like explicitly about their own experiences but they're you know coming to you as grown-ass people who've you know lived their lives and had their own experiences and know what they're talking about so I, I remember thinking it was like objectively kind of funny and strange to hear about sex from people who were like so different than I guess who you would expect to be mm-hmm. talking about they sex. They weren't like cool hip 20 somethings or 30 somethings who had been certified. They were like yeah, like in their 50s, I guess. I don't know. We were we were young so their age is completely Yeah, th- true. Warped. I'm also I think remembering somebody who taught the like high school one who Fair. I, like I still see this lady around and she's old at my parents' church. Yeah, and she <laughs> she's old. <laughs> right which doesn't matter it's just like when you're a teenager it's just like oh gosh um why is this lady talking to me about like the clitoris and like that's just so funny Mm -hmm. when you're at that age um and I guess still is kind of funny because most people really aren't open about stuff I mean speak for yourself Claire sun's out labes out yeah man there you go. <laughs> I I do admire that. I can't lie. Um, you know what's so funny about Bill, who was the one male teaching the the course that we took together, is he and I were like friends at the church. Like we were in the orchestra together. We we were pals, and um, he had a lovely wife, and they were very happy together. It seemed like I hope that they're still very happy together. But I always thought Bill was gay. Which is so, it's funny now, um, because at the time, as a child, I was like, oh, that's a gay man. Right. But he was, like, happily married to a woman. Stereotyping. Yeah. Um, But because of Bill, in kind of a beautiful 
circle of life way, um, I've grown up to be so aware of the the many shapes and colors that sexuality can take. So you know what, Bill? If you're if you're hetero, that's cool. If you're homo, that's cool. And if you're some point somewhere in between, then that's even cooler. If you ask me. Yeah. No, I I think we all fall somewhere in between. But yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't know about Bill, but I don't know. Maybe but I we can, know. You know. I can search. I'll try to do a Facebook stock leader and see what I can find. <laughs> what you can find on this older man's Facebook <laughs> about his sexuality. I mean, people are really open on social media these days. Hey, he taught a sex ed course, so that's, that's something. Yeah. Um. So I think we've both a little bit admitted that we were like fairly sexually aware at an early age mm-hmm. um, to both our betterment and our detriment probably. But I, for one, was – no, you know what? I'm going to just say it. <laughs> I'm just going to say it that I was into cartoon characters when I was a teenager, and I know that we all were and are in, in some way, um, and it's fine, but – Maybe it was also Fox Robin Hood. And I don't I don't think I'm alone in that. Maybe no, you're I not. Am. Okay. No, you're not alone in that. But the one that comes to mind for me um is uh The Lion King. Oh. Um so I'm glad yours is also an Simba. animal because if it was a human, I would feel weird bringing wait, wait, wait. So teenage Simba and teenage Nala in that scene <laughs> where they're well, canoodling. Can you feel the love tonight? Yeah. Right? And they're like rolling around in the grass. There's this, um, <laughs> if y'all know the rapper Lil Dicky, um, <laughs> there's this like music video that he did. Uh, or it's this song called Lion King and it's not like an actual like real song that he released. It's just like a YouTube like silly mm-hmm. thing from seven years ago he is a youtube silly he was a youtube silly for a long time i guess he's he's still a silly but um, yeah yeah he the this song that he did lion king it like uses all of these clips from the disney cartoon movie (laughs) and there's this whole piece of it where like in the background like in the beat is can you feel the love tonight like sort of sped up with a beat over it and then he's like talking about how (laughs) nala looks so hot and like (laughs) is it weird that i'm jerking off to these lions and i remember (laughs) seeing that in high school and being like dude that is like like that hits weirdly accurate (laughs) like there's something like sexual about that scene well, yeah, I think she, it's like looks up at him. She's like, ooh, like come. It's definitely eyes. meant to be sexual, right? Like they they fall in love, and it's like super anthropomorphized. Is that the word? I that is that is the word. I think it's <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like flirty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's supposed to be like like they were banging in that gra- like they were banging. Yeah, you have to assume. The way yeah. that she looked at him, I mean, and I know he was down. 
Of course he was down. He was always down. They were meant consent to be. Consent is everything. They were meant to be together. So consent was, in my mind, completely there. Not right. not usually one to assume someone else's consent, right? But it but seems. But we're talking about right? cartoon lions. Cartoon. So it's really not that serious. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but it's funny to me that you bring that up. Like, Fox Robin Hood is like, there's something so sexy about him. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that, like, my animal hunk is hotter than your animal hunk or hunks, but at least Fox Robin Hood was wearing people clothes. Okay. (laughs) Simba Nala just wildcat. Don't need to come for me. Still hot, though. Still hot. Yeah, something about it. But no, yeah, you're right. Um, Fox Robin Hood was somewhat human Mm -hmm. which is cool for you and all um i also think that danny phantom is really hot who is you and human and a ghost everyone on twitter i think is hot for danny phantom i respect danny fan fan i was the blah blah i was gonna say phantom like a southern bitch that i am (laughs) um danny Uh phantom (laughs) the home is coming out of (laughs) you my hick is coming out well i talk about danny phantom of all things um yeah, no, I mean, like, you'd think that would, you think that that would have been my type in terms of cartoon because he's, like, a skinny boy, skinny Because I think about what boy. your type in cartoon would be all the time. Well, my, my type in celebrity men yeah, and, could and easily be. some in your personal life as well. <laughs> Don't at my fiance in particular i guess yeah. <laughs> uh, hey if i'm saying he looks like danny phantom he better take that compliment that would be a really good halloween costume for him i'm gonna take note um but i feel like we should address the fact that you talked about how you were also attracted to lion nala and how um as two people i will speak for both of us on this who veer away from straight and a little bit towards queer obviously both partnered in a heterosexual way but there have to be there were early cartoon women where we really first were put in a position of like do I want to be her or do I want to do her and to this day it's a recurring question and to this day it's about cartoon lions and I just (laughs) really can't figure it out no, no, that that's definitely real. And I think there's like, even growing up in such a progressive and sex positive and also like very um, open-minded and non um, like judgmental, you know, like non-homophobic, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Way, household, community, all of that. Like, I think it still was... Um, just from my life like in school and with my peers and everything especially when I was quite young um, like a lot of that influenced me as well and there's only so much I think sort of like your home upbringing can do to Mm -hmm. influence like the culture that you grow up in and so I still didn't feel and like honestly still don't feel completely comfortable um, talking about uh like queerness even though like looking back on it now from my sort of like adult um 
like ref- I don't know lens that I'm looking back on it from uh after having done more exploring like I had full-on crushes on my classmates and like mm-hmm. you know like I I think my first crush was a girl honestly mm-hmm. um I just didn't see it that way right. when I was that age I just thought I was like just very like kind of I don't know like I just had this special friend that was really really special for whatever reason and I just like really wanted her to like me Mm -hmm. um and you know when you're really little like I think those things are less distinct because you just sort of want like platonic love anyway right um but yeah, no, no. I mean, I think I think Nala. I think Kim Possible. I think Shigo, the villain from Kim Possible, she could still get it. Um, <laughs> I mean, like another one from the internet. Oh yeah, no, Shigo is hot. That's yeah. She and Kim Possible. She, I didn't know if you meant Kim Possible or Shigo. Oh, I meant Shigo, and I also feel like Shigo and Danny Phantom are similar in I mean she's she's definitely more badass than him but like I think maybe they go hand in hand I think there's like a correlation between people into Danny Phantom and people into Shigo mm-hmm. no. all you bisexuals out there chime in <laughs> were you into both uh Shigo and Danny Phantom please let us know and if so are you an air sign because yeah <laughs> <laughs> if so are you also a bitch. Uh, we want to know if all these things are correlated. <laughs> it's Shigo, Danny Phantom, and Ass Play. And those three things always <laughs> go together. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I think that's that's interesting. I, I think about that a lot as well. I think because I grew up with a queer aunt where I – it was very normal for my aunt to, like, have a – female partner over for holidays and at a young age of course I just thought like they were really close best friends but like eventually became aware that it was romantic and then I um yeah I think like I was able to identify at least in high school well no maybe even as early as middle school that like Oh, I was attracted to a woman the way that I had been attracted to a man. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so aside from what I'll call media influences, um, as, a por- as opposed to cartoon crushes, which is really what they are. Um, yes, one part of media, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we haven't even, like, considered aging the into... Part of media. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Most visited porn categories are, yeah, I mean, no question cartoon, so. That's in no way real, right? <laughs> joking. 100% joking. Totally fine. I mean, who the who the fuck knows? It, it's Yeah, I mean, like, obviously hentai is, like, a very prolific porn category, but I will say hentai and cartoon are different, technically, so... But that's a deep dive we won't get into. Um, technically, they're not the same. <laughs> Actually, um, in terms of the proper categorization of porn. Um, but that's, yeah, that's a, a moist and, and dirty deep dive that I will tackle another fucking night. But, uh, wow. 
can't wait for that episode. Yeah. Um, so aside from, from some of the media stuff, um, I know that there's more to our, our, our childhoods, I'll say. Um, yeah, no, I think, um, I think the way that my household growing up was sex positive, even though it wasn't like, um, you know, we're going to talk about our own experiences that much. I think it was open in a lot of the ways of like, um, sort of owning your own body and what you want to do with it and um, very like gender equitable. Um, Mm. So like I mentioned before, I have an older brother and, you know, he would walk around the house without a shirt on. And I was like, I want to do that. I don't want to wear a shirt. And, um, you know, like he's coming to the dinner table with his shirt off um you know like chilling in the house in like sweatpants and nothing else you know um and so I would do that too and I literally remember like multiple times of both of the children at the dinner table with no shirt on at all Um, (laughs) it's like we're going to like I'm going to wash my dish and I'm entirely topless and like you know we're children so like physiologically our bodies were basically the same um, on the top. So, like, it doesn't matter. Um, You were still free in the nip, though, at a young age. Fully free in the nip, yeah. Um, And and, and my parents were just like, yeah, okay. And? Yeah. Like, you know, just like it was totally normal. Um, You know, we would talk openly about, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I remember asking, like, what circumcision was and they explained it to me they're like you know here's why um like I I mean in in my family people are circumcised (laughs) um and so it was like okay yeah like here's what it means and like here's what it looks like and what the difference is and that was normalized and I I actually asked my mom like where babies came from when I was three years old Mm -hmm. and she straight up told me and I was like oh that's gross and she was like yeah it is which is (laughs) awesome I mean that's how I remember it it. and I really hope that's that that's how it went and it is right like I mean it is yeah it's Um, nasty but I remember like because our family was so open and like I had you know seen my uh you know like brother and like other family members naked not in like a weird way I don't want that to be taken in a weird way but like yeah um, walk around the house yeah because it was just so normal like oh this is your body and like it doesn't it doesn't have to be sexualizing exactly and so I remember thinking like how does sex work because like how do you like push the penis in the vagina because in my Mm -hmm. mind like I had no idea what erections were I had no idea like that like physically they would like fit together in a way that like isn't ridiculous like I was thinking you know you have to like basically stuff like a soft penis into (laughs) like I just literally wish right hot um so hot only good sex is like that um (laughs) 
but yeah no I remember being like oh that's weird and my mom was like yeah it's just something that grown-ups do so if anybody you know like asks you to do that like it's just something that grown-ups do so I think she was also kind of trying to teach me like you know if somebody wants to touch you you say no um right which is also good um so I feel like all of those things were very open and sex positive and that's why I think like my childhood was very sex positive in that way and I learned what sex was and where babies came from earlier than anyone I knew and I was that girl at school telling everybody where babies came from and like probably pissing off a lot of parents um that's great though which is kind of funny in retrospect because it's like yeah okay don't tell your kids lies (laughs) um somebody else will have told their kid the truth and it's gonna be the same difference anyway it also would be you wandering on the hallways, like striving to educate <laughs> those around you, right? And on being like, like safe and health, <laughs> safe and healthy well, practices to some extent, and also being like, "Oh, you don't know what that is? I do." Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. I have a very vivid memory. Um, well, I have, I have two quick follow-up anecdotes to that. Um, one being when I was five. Um, my parents were already divorced, but my dad was over quite a bit because my parents at the time were um, amicable. But um, my dad was doing yard work in the front yard, and he, like my, I think my mom or somebody in my family was putting sunscreen on him because he was going to take off his shirt because it was super hot outside because we're from the south. Um, and I remember being like, I want to wear, or I don't want to wear a shirt if dad's not wearing a shirt. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to help dad with yard work, I am just, I'm just not going to wear a shirt. Um, And I'd like to keep in mind that at this point, I had a, like, a bowl cut. So, like, no, (laughs) no femme energy in five-year-old me, um, exclusively mask. And so, and, but my, but my mom was cool with it. I think my grandma was even there. Um, And she, as you know, is, is a little bit more on the conservative side, but, um, yeah, I was I was just like shirtless, like helping dad with the front yard work, and of course in hindsight I was like, that's wow, that's really cool of them to like, because I was just I was outside, I was on, mm-hmm. on this the front you know the front yard right. that all the neighbors yeah. could see, and they knew who I was, but they, my mom just didn't give a fuck, which is cool. Um, excuse me, another beer burp, but um. And then the other one was when we were first years in high school Mm -hmm. and there was this girl I was friends with and I remember her saying she thought that a blowjob was cosmetic surgery, like a nose job. And I, I mean, you can imagine me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I immediately was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh Um, my gosh. I think probably, unfortunately, my initial response was like, he don't know what a blowjob is. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're a teen. Right. I mean, I was like licking tips all around town. So I was mm. obvious. No, wow. I was not. Um, I was not. But I was in the know. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Right. No, I feel like in middle school, at least for me, like blowjobs and handjobs were something that was joked about a all the lot. time. 
Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's normal. Yeah. And obviously, like, we know some people who lost their virginities in middle school. I mean, like, some people yeah. were exploring that early on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, I was, I was ready to tell her what a blowjob was, even if I didn't even fully understand, like, technique. You know what I mean? I feel like at the time, I was probably just like, yeah, like, a girl puts a dude's dick in her mouth and like that's it and it was like right. a super limited you know like no no deets um right yeah if, if she'd asked me two or three years later I would have been like well do you want like what style are you going for <laughs> like how big is he you know like <laughs> no, tips <yeah>. and tricks <laughs> yeah no I I remember being like so curious about like okay but like how do you do it well Right. Or, like, what do people want from this? It was very confusing to me, too. Honestly, like, all oral was very confusing to me. I also didn't understand, like, how to make oral on a vagina good either. Um, yeah. Like, or to receive. Like, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, all of it is weird. Um, yeah. I, just I'll, trying like, to ha- figure it out. But none of what you're doing is yeah. good. yeah I remember um and this is a bit of a tangent but one of the one of the few times I have um had had sex with a woman Mm -hmm. I was astounded by one of my partners like just inability to give oral and I was like but you have a pussy like you have a pussy and you know where your parts are and you know what you like and you can't even like she just couldn't even try and I was also like if you don't if you don't want it that's cool and she's like no I really want to and I'm like well it doesn't seem like you want to so let's stop (laughs) because you're bad at it so and she's like okay but like I do think people like really different things like I've always found that for people who have been good mm -hmm. at that that like it isn't as good the first time while they like try to figure yeah. me out or like it's like okay you're treating me like the last person you know right Ooh, and that's what a they like and I know it, it is but uh, also it's like but yeah it's totally true yeah because like you know I, I do the same thing you know yeah like, going that's... down on someone it's like okay well here's here's the most frequent things that I've gotten a good response <laughs> from you yeah. know I mean it's like yeah, yeah. Makes sense let me synthesize the data and uh, <laughs> my usual bag of tricks let's see which right. one lands right but like who knows i mean maybe what you like is just different than what people who they happen to have been with like or they're just like really out of practice or like self-conscious i mean i think there's like so many other things that could be going on as well but yeah um, at least for me i feel like although I am capable of doing the, like, hook up and hit it and quit it situation, um, for me, like, sex has been much more fulfilling when it's with people who I'm, like, with for longer, mm-hmm. not even necessarily romantically, but just, like, because you learn what people like. Yeah. Um, and I think it just, people learn what I like and they get better at doing it and knowing how like I'm going to respond and yeah becomes less awkward more organic and just like you know the right buttons are pushed in the right order 
Hmm. Order does matter. It does, dude. I, and that's a and when I was young, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted. I was yeah. like, I know how to like, you know, make myself orgasm. And still, I mean, even to this day, like masturbation is a different thing. Totally. For me. Like I don't ask yeah. for the same thing. So you just like you have to have time to figure that out with partners. Yeah, I think like this is kind of a. I think maybe the the moral of the story is like sexual awakenings are always happening. Like I constantly feel like I'm becoming more aware of certain aspects of my sexuality or certain preferences I have or certain ways to communicate with my partner about what I'm feeling physically or emotionally. But um, I feel like recently I've had thoughts where I'm like, this is the right thing the thing that's that's happening to me right now I'm into it and I like it and it's what I want but it's too early like I need I need like a I need to like do a you know 0.2 miles per hour walk on the treadmill before we can like increase the elevation situation um Mm -hmm. and that's not all the time right but I I think just recently, like previously I've been, I've experienced like a frustration where it's like, well, this is like what I want. Why am I having a hard time like getting there or like feeling as aroused as I should be? Or like, maybe it feels like weird, whatever it is. And it's like, oh, I just need to like communicate that, you know, my, whatever part of my body isn't like ready to be touched yet. Like I got to work my way up. I mean, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just into like being teased or like edged or something I don't know but like no I think that's very yeah. very common I think that's very very common yeah sure. just 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 like the idea that order does matter as opposed to just like routinely yeah I, I like this kind of kissing I like this kind of touching I like this kind of banging and I like this kind of cuddling after maybe and like yeah like but maybe I want to cuddle first and then maybe I want to have sex and then I want to kiss and then I want to do foreplay at the end. Right. And there's not some play. sort of set algorithm that's universal between people or even with the same person who right. you're having like multiple encounters, I guess. With mm. um Yeah, no, I mean I think that's really real. And I think the best thing that I, you know, was able to learn over the past many years was like how to um, read people's body language and signals and how to develop healthy communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, I think that's not only important for like being sure that somebody is comfortable and feels safe, and those are very important things as well, but also like, you know, giving people what they want. Like, making sure that the sex is good. Like, not only do you want to have it and are you, like, down, but, like, am I, you know, giving you what you want and are you giving me what I want? And I think it's more complicated. Like, something that I was – that I feel like I heard a lot in my sex-positive upbringing was, Mm -hmm. like, you know, tell people what you want. Like, don't just roll over and take it. Like, the media makes you – um sort of tells you you're supposed to be doing but like 
tell people what you want. And I feel like that was actually really hard for me because I was like, I don't know what to tell people. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you what to do because I, you know, I haven't done this before or like what I wanted last time isn't how I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know how to like instruct somebody um, because it's changing all the time. Yeah. No, I think um, I think that's a really important thing for everyone to internalize the the thing that you said about the way that I wanted it last time isn't necessarily how I'm feeling this time I think that's so important because it's I think well with a recurring partner obviously it's like easy to get into routines and I don't I don't mean that to be synonymous with a rut right like I don't think that that's bad at all but like you get into the habit of having sex specific ways or kissing certain ways or you know sleeping together not having sex certain ways like all of those things become habitual um which I think it's easy to kind of like sleep on communicating about sex as a result and I think it's important for myself and and probably a lot of people to remember that it's okay to be like, oh, hey, just because you fucked me raw last time doesn't mean that I don't want to be, like, tenderly made love to this time. Like, take me gentle, and then you can fuck me raw again next time. Um, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, and I find, too, like, in my own relationship that a lot of the time we're non-verbally in sync, and I'm lucky to just, like, have a partner who I think is, like, very aware of my moods. I think he just reads me really well, and so I'm, like that's not to say that there aren't moments where where we don't align sexually or like we want different positions or whatever but for the most part it feels like we can read read the sexual room but I think especially early in in relationships like you gotta talk about it you know what I mean yeah and it's tough to be like no no like slower or faster to the left a little bit or up or you know what I mean like the the weird kind of like directional part of sex is awkward but um yeah I think it's it's just important to do yeah and I, I think there are moments where you like you just know that whatever it is that's happening isn't getting you anywhere and it's not like oh okay if you could just do that same thing but you know a little bit in this direction yeah like it's not even like that it's just like all right this isn't working for me Mm -hmm. um like can we do something else and I just felt like like I as much as I think that that is a valid thing to do just be like this isn't working for me let's do something else I have never felt like that's something that I actually like those words are things that would come out of my mouth um because you know I'm also like trying to be you know make my partner happy at the same time Mm -hmm. and not seem like aggressive right not seem aggressive or like you know not be like this is all about me um yeah or or not to make them think that you're not into like yeah just like an an encounter with them period it's like it's not right there's a a difference between being like this currently isn't working for me and like revoking consent right no I think yeah I totally that's a big part of it too you don't want to like come off that way if that's not what you mean yeah um but yeah no I mean I just think that that's like being 
like I said, like as much as hookups and stuff like that can be awesome and like is something that I have been able to do and enjoy um, in their own right. I do think like that is one of the great things about being in a relationship where sex is a part of your relationship because you, you know, you can translate healthy communication, Mm -hmm. emotional communication and everything else using those same tools and that same like emotional intimacy and comfort that you have with each other into that context of sex and like, you know just feeling like you can say something and it's not gonna make everything really weird because that person knows you really really well and like knows that um knows your intent and Mm -hmm. where you're you know you're vibing with them Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) in some sense um yeah no totally um and I the routine we... isn't isn't bad, like you said. Like the right. routine is like inevitable, and it doesn't mean that you know it doesn't have to be a cue of something bad. I also think like routine comes with a lot of safety and comfort, mm-hmm. and there are certain things about that that are very positive. Um, yeah, totally. And also, you can get bored, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that's also normal too. And yeah to a certain extent inevitable um and it doesn't mean that there aren't things that you can do about it totally and and also I want to add that like you and I were slash are lucky that we had sex positive upbringings and like surely benefit from that in some reform in our in our like long-term sexual relationships but that's not to say that we don't have the same awkwardness and like insecurity in talking about those things as, as people who didn't have sex positive upbringings. Obviously, there's some oftentimes more shit to unpack in regards to sex and like the taboo around talking about it with a partner slash at all slash acknowledging it out loud um, when there is like a lack of sex positive upbringing. But um, I think it's safe to say like, it's normal in any situation with any person to have parts of the sexual conversation, the sexual communication be awkward. Um, and that's just yeah. that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's so much more complex than, you know, did your was your family open about sex or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like at at school, at, um, you know, there there's in the media that you were consuming what resources were available to you your own relationship with your body and body image and um romantic relationships and all of those things i mean it's just you can't say like just one of those variables alone because there's so many different things going on yeah Um, totally and i definitely think for me like although my family life was very progressive I still in a lot of ways was in a conservative community overall Mm -hmm. when it came to sex and relationships and that still had an influence on me and I would think you know here's what I'm hearing at home but realistically that's not how the world is you know right well yeah I was gonna say that the fucking society that we live in I mean like we as two 
women growing up in the South, for one, um, let alone in just like a country that is grounded upon like puritanical culture and puritanical values. Like we've ostracized people since the dawn of time, especially when it comes to sex and sexuality and, and gender and gender expression. So, I mean, like, it doesn't, I mean, it, I won't say it doesn't matter, I guess, that um, we had sex-positive parents, but um, there's so much more to the molding of someone's um, sexual awakening and, and sexual um, self-perception and and sexual exploration. Um, there's so much more to it than um, than just parents and home life. Yeah, totally, totally. And you and I will never know what it would have been like <laughs> to have some other type of upbringing. I'm definitely grateful for it in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, and hopefully um, content like this and, and other content that's out there that's research-based and... Um, open-minded and open to all identities and sexualities can continue to open doors to comfortable conversations around sex and better better fucking you know yeah we we fuck good over here (laughs) we fuck good over here